in uh, the 21st century. I've turned you down. You don't have to. That's the beauty of this thing. If you're munching, if you're like, uh, like if I want to do a, I can do that now and it's fine. Yeah. Because it sounds. Am I still blocked up? Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Because <laughs> it sounds awful when I do my sniffing. Yeah, it also gives you a bit of a Bill O'Reilly factor, doesn't it? In that if someone's talking, you don't know what they're saying. You can just cut off the sound. Hyman does the worst. He does the mass, but he does it like right with his nose right there. It's like when I do it, I at least. Welcome to the Tom, Dick and Hyman show. I'm joined today by Cameron. Hey. A little bit later on, Hyman will be joining us to talk about Batman versus Superman. But this uh, last week in news, kicking things off, what is it with Tory governments and public service workers, public sector workers going on strike? Like, Why does one go in hand with the other? Um, well, it's because it's professions that are almost seen as selfless or giving in some way. And the idea of these virtuous uh, careers uh, being threatened just, you know, they still look like- reacts to the human condition of wanting to defend something good. I think that was the general, the kind of general wisdom, for lack of a better term, when we were at secondary school was, yeah, when you're a teacher, yeah, it's not just a job. Well, first and foremost, it's not just a job. It's obviously a profession. It's something you did training to be able to do. Yeah. But it's also a public service. Yeah. And there's like a, a sense of nobleness and honour that yeah, comes with that. Yeah, not sounds too self-adoring but yeah would you say that's still true today though to a degree i'd say that you know the, the amount of respect that certain professions were given over the years has declined to the point where it's almost expected as opposed to uh, it's almost just acknowledged as opposed to being respected i think that's changed over time but that's on behalf of the teachers or the parents i, I think just the general populace a presumption that teachers should not go on strike is that what you mean something like that well, no, I meant more under the sense that the jobs where it was seen as most prevalent, as in a career path affecting people's attitudes towards them, like first impressions, was, well, you know, the jobs were like doctor, professor, teacher, shit like that. And I think that's just changed over time to the point where certain career paths aren't respected as they were, and people are a bit more cynical. I mean, maybe I'm just being part of this self-entitled generation, but I get that with bus drivers these days. I get a general feeling that bus drivers used to take their job a lot more seriously than what they do now. They took a lot more pride in it, maybe, than what they do now. And um, it manifests itself in bus drivers kind of half-arsing it, not really caring. Like, how many times have you seen the bus driver, an old deer or someone who's hard of walking shall we say yeah is trying to rush for the bus and the bus driver is just like ah whatever and just shuts the doors and pulls off yeah like that didn't really used to happen back in the day bus drivers were like yeah i'll wait are you sure you're not romanticizing it slightly i think they um they tried to keep to the schedules almost too much now i think yeah everyone's got to be accountable to some department of in terms of efficiency they're always trying to hit targets now rather than yeah, like i say rather than looking at it a like service. i'm doing a public service yeah and there you know should be a sense of dignity in that in and of itself well yeah <laughs> i suppose if you're going to do your job do it properly there just seems to be something about when the tories are in government teachers fire brigades doctors 
they seem to take strike action. The Tories always try and enact some weird policy that doesn't kind of make sense to anybody except the Tories. Yeah, to be able to hush over it. I think it's, it's this weird thing what about they tried the Conservatives in that they start to make these dark um, changes for improvement and it's almost like they'll try and take the fastest possible route, fuck the consequences, especially if it's to the little people. And Labour, on the other hand, they're trying to be like uber fair. But the thing is, you get kind of tied up in trying to do that, whereby there's no progress being made. Um, yeah, you end up in this sort up of... dig into these like wells. You end up in a stasis where you're not really going anywhere, just sort of... Exactly. Toes. So it's almost like conservatives kind of get the job done fuck feelings whereas Labour are all about the feelings <laughs> in a very simple yeah I remember Tony Blair made a big deal I think when he first came in about how he was going to be putting the victim at the forefront yeah like victim the human cost but the Tories what they've done this time so a few months ago they imposed I didn't even know you could do that I didn't know you could take a contract and just impose it on your employees Mm. but they did that to the junior doctors a few months ago and uh, most recently they've tried to impose this policy that I'm not even sure was in their manifesto or not of turning each and every school or almost every school in the UK into what's called an academy Mm. this uh, the academy school was introduced by New Labour I think back in year 2000 2001 i think it was around there. yeah towards the end what is for anyone who doesn't know cameron right what is an academy versus non-academy school well in essence at the moment in non-academy schools like you know just state or local uh education authority schools whatever like yeah. london you're in um they all act as your education authority or your link uh, the ones who are there to check on your performance to make sure that the council a bar, yeah right um, that like you know uh, that enough schools are managed to succeed those of them that are doing poorly they'll go and send trains people in there to go and help them out and try and get them where they want and they're there to support and make sure that the education borough is doing as well as it possibly can but they um, work with non-academy they work with non-academy schools yeah okay but the government basically wants to put an end to these uh, local education authorities um, because they see them as a kind of uh, monetary sink whereby they're under the conservative opinion not providing sufficient supports to justify expenditure well it's the typical tory um government's too big we want to cut this cut that yeah yeah exactly and they 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 are cutting them hard and the alternative they're suggesting is academization and under the academy you would have absolutely no link to the local education authority and the government wouldn't be funding you yeah the same way i think your private Privately funded or you're sponsored. Yeah, I was trying to find out: is it actual corporations that sponsor the academy school, or is it a private individual, a wealthy private patron? I'm not even entirely sure, to be honest with you. It could be both. I don't know. Well, I mean, the formal, yeah, it's kind of worrying. Yeah, like the idea that say McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> sponsoring their own school and of course every morning is the McDonald's hymn yeah. like every morning you're in assembly bless the old Big Mac <laughs> yeah like Ronald McDonald's on a cross in the <laughs> that's a dark dream but if it's wealthy individuals I guess that's not quite as alarming because a wealthy individual's unlikely to really give a shit they're probably just um, okay look I need to give away money to charitable causes oh I'll, I'll set up a school that's, that'll make me look good but they won't really get their teeth into it mm. So, 
an academy is disconnected from the local council. Yeah, but you'd also be a part of a chain of schools. You wouldn't just be operating on your own. Okay, because we have what's called a national curriculum. Yeah. Does that apply to the academies? No, the academies, because they're not tied, <laughs> they don't have to follow the national curriculum. I think they still have to take the exams, but you can in essence teach them what you want. Okay, that's interesting. Do you know if the academies typically really hardcore deviate from the national curriculum? I, I'm, I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I don't actually know. Okay. I, I've never actually been to visit an academy school, but there's big changes that are being made to, you know, state schools in the sense that um, the way we're teaching certain things has got to change. I mean, it's organic, it's always going to change, but in maths, they're, um, they're adopting, I think for performance basis, they're adopting the Singapore approach or the Shanghai approach, whatever it is, um, to mathematics. Where the teacher stands at a board and... Well, no, that's kind of where we're at. We're at the stage where we just stand in front of a boards and just kind of like um, uh, talk and teach. So you're, you're saying academies are really only affects like uh, teenagers secondary school age? Well students. no, it affects not primary, primary school thing. as well. No, it's in primary schools. They want all schools. Mm. Why is it 2021? I don't know. I'm not sure exactly 2021 by which or 2022. Um, it's, to, all schools going to have to be academies or, or making roads to being, have like a plan right. drawn up. So academies are schools that have sponsors that don't necessarily have ties to local councils so they don't necessarily have to be teaching national curriculum yeah in terms of the teachers that work at academies that teach at the academies yeah are they professional trained teachers or are they just well anybody? i think it's a mixture i think it's a mixture um because you know the government and the previous government i think introduced a type of teacher that was not technically fully trained uh you could have well the old ways of becoming a teacher were you could go and work at a school starting off as like a TA or something and then teaching assistant yeah you can spend time in the classroom and take that as lessons from teachers you're working with about what to do and eventually you get groomed into being a teacher yeah there's that route there's you go to university for three or four years to train to become a teacher Um, or you could spend a year doing a PGCE after getting a job but also they got people that if they've worked in particular uh, I think like types of job they um can like transfer trades or transfer into becoming a teacher if they show they have a like a baseline knowledge in something yeah they yeah, can get yeah, hired as yeah, a teacher yeah, exactly and is there any up. research into who tends to be the better teacher like the person who knew they wanted to be a teacher when they were 18 19 went to university specifically to become a teacher are they generally better than the ones who worked in a worked out in what they call the real world for x number of years and acquired real world experience and then went into teaching like of the two who's considered generally the better teacher well i don't know if i haven't any. seen any like official statistics but i'd imagine it's agreed that the trained teacher is going to be better than the untrained one um but i think like the the ones who come from like another profession they still have to like go through to like you know to prove that they can have teachers some status they've got to yeah 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 because they're not hearing not necessarily adhering to a national curriculum right who the academy teachers well i think they still have to teach core subjects yeah well um, i mean the the parents will have but a the way that they teach it won't they how do you mean? Well, they'll be like, oh, look, I want you to teach my child. I expect them to know basic multiplication and be able to spell, be able to read. The parents would have a baseline expectation. But the the teacher could presumably 
just say, I'm only going to teach you these bits and I'm going to ignore these bits? Well, it's not that they're going to ignore certain parts. I think they, they're just free to teach. They probably still have to teach subjects, um, but the routes that they take and the expectations for delivery are going to be completely different. But they'll probably also have to take part in like national tests, like SATs, uh, to be able to maintain evidence that they are performing well. That's a good question. Uh, Ofsted. Yeah. Are they uh, liable or accountable to Ofsted in any way, academies? Uh, Since they have no ties to the local council. You might as well look that up, yeah. Ofsted are um, they're they're just to check schools, so I think that they should be. That would be a little bit worrying if actually, yeah, they're totally exempt from Ofsted inspection. All right, so academies are independent state-funded schools which receive their funding directly from central government. Yeah, all Uh, of them, rather than through a local authority. Is that a free school? Well, no, that's an academy. Um, Although the day-to-day running of the school remains with the head teacher or principal, they are overseen by individual charitable bodies called academy trusts and may be part of an academy chain. These trusts, like support, provide like advice, support, and expertise, like you would have expected from the old educational authorities. And And they they take a subsidy from the state, but they may not necessarily be the state. Well, they they just get money from the state. Well, they've got more freedom than other state schools over their finances and curriculum, um, how to spend uh, it and like, how so much they get. Public-private mix. Yeah, right? and they don't need to follow national paying conditions for teachers. Wow. Oh, I uh, kind of forgot what I was going to say there. Then, well, yeah, because you were worried that, like, are academies any better, in essence, than national schools? Well, New Neighbours Position, who introduced them in 2000, 2001, they said turning a failing school into an academy is the right way to go, yeah. but not turn every school into an academy, to what the Tories are proposing now. Every school they want to be an academy. New Labour put a limit on it, saying, no, just the failing schools. Um, well, they, I suppose they were originally thought of as being about, like, improving failing schools. Yeah. But um, not really anymore. The policy which originated under Labour aimed to improve struggling schools, primarily in deprived areas. But, you know, this is, like, this is like developing from where it was failing schools. It's going into just deprived areas, and it's going to move across the nation. So all like schools are going to become... A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think there's mixed feelings towards it. I mean, oh, that's what teachers I unions are really like worried about the word academization. Do you ever hear talk from colleagues, other teachers of, oh, I, I want to go to an academy. I want to get away from this state school. And basically what I'm implying is, do academies give better salaries than state schools do? I that's the know. norm for doctors, right? On the NHS, you earn a certain amount, but if you went private, you would probably earn a little bit more. Yeah, but I don't know. It's, 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 it's not about going private, really. I mean, in, um, I mean, that's what, what unions are worried about, teaching unions. They're worried that, that the money, the, the difference is going to... Basically, it, it makes schools that are being academised, it sounds a bit like privatisation. That's mm-hmm. what unions are yeah, worried about. That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, right? yeah. but... I don't know what's really that's going to entail. I mean, it's like privatizing something you would normally consider to be like almost like a natural monopoly. Yeah, you wouldn't really want to be profiting from it, would you? Really? But um, what I was trying to ascertain is: is this a kind of discussion that comes up in terms of what kind of school do you want to teach at? Because what kind of different schools are there? Let's break it down. There's comp- comprehensive, yeah, where you don't. It's free. You don't pay for your child to go there. And there's no pre-selection testing of any kind. Yeah. We're talking secondary schools, so 11 upwards, right? And then there's grammar schools, where there is the, what used to be called the 11 plus test. Yeah. So in order to get into a grammar school, you had to get a certain mark. Yeah, you have to pass the test that they set. I think think it was Labour in the 70s and 80s that started getting rid of grammar schools. I think there used to be several hundred grammar schools. And today, if I remember correctly, there's 164 
grammar schools. Right. Out of roughly, is it 3,000 schools in the country? Um, yes, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> sound like Mark Furman in the OJ trial. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Am I racist? So the yeah, that sounds, yeah, that sounds right. Nazi memorabilia? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, up in the loft somewhere. God, I've got a little bit sidetracked there. Because um, the Tories, as we stated earlier, their plan is to turn every school into an academy. I have no idea what ideology is behind that beyond they think this is how you get government out of education. It seems like that's their end goal. Yeah. Like you say, to privatise schools. And um, Nikki Morgan, a.k.a. Nemo, no matter how much you uh, put lipstick on a pig... <laughs> you can give her a cute sounding name but she will never but she um do you kind of respect her balls in this one the way that she showed up to a teachers union conference uh who is it n-u-s-w-t uh yeah it's the n-a-s-u-w-t n-a-s-u-w-t so a teachers union yeah and they're having this conference and so uh the tory cabinet has announced they want all schools to become academies this announcement was met with i think it was almost immediate backlash from majority of teachers i don't, I don't know of any teachers who have come forward and said this is a great idea yeah i 100 percent support this That's I think everyone's pretty much ingrained and against it. Yeah, so she shows up. You'd imagine she's trying to persuade them. Like, she's trying to get them on her side, right? But it doesn't come across that way at all. It comes across like she's actually... She's almost semi-berating them. Yeah, she's almost telling them off. She's yeah. taking the role of a disappointed parent. Like, she's scolding them. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's she, she, There is absolutely no love towards <laughs> the people she's talking to. Yeah, and, well, the feeling is... You need to um, grow up. The feeling's mutual, it would seem. Yeah, like. yeah. We're going to listen a little bit to... Uh, Nemo talking at this teachers union conference and listen to the way they react to uh, some of the highly questionable statements she makes. To deny that the education system is in much better shape than it was five years ago. (laughs) The evidence speaks for itself. Compared with 2012. (laughs) You should listen to your achievements. I visited the NSUWT website recently and found that of the last 20 patronising that the NSUWT mm, had issued, only three said something positive. Wouldn't it be more helpful if your press releases were actually positive? Yeah, wouldn't it be helpful if you stopped you talking shit about me? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it wouldn't be, it be helpful, helpful if you gave me something positive if your to press report? Were actually yeah. positive about the teaching profession? Because if I were a young person making a decision about my future career and I saw some of the language coming out. Would I want to become a teacher? She's trying to guilt trip If I read about a profession... (laughs) Well, you are the best people to sell this as a profession. If NASUWT's leadership was being totally open, they wouldn't tell you the system is in crisis either. So let's resolve to work together so we can build the education system that we all agree that we want. Because ultimately... Yeah, but they don't agree, Nemo. ...who will suffer if we don't. They are suffering! They only get one shot at their time in school. Well, they are counting on us, all of us, to give them the best possible start in life. We believe that educational excellence everywhere can only be achieved when power rests in your hands. So I stand before you today to ask you to step up, to decide to be a part of the exciting changes happening in the education system. Thank you. Listen. 
tiny smattering of applause. I was hoping, <laughs> I was kind of hoping the teachers would give her nothing there, but oh, maybe two people applauded. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus Christ, the way you, the patronizing Yeah, tone, it was condescending. It's like, well, scolding. you know what, I expect better from you. It was very much like from coming from a disappointed and, parent. And at the end... And I think she forgets she's talking to grown people here. And at the end, like you say, uh, the in terms of privatizing it, I recognize that corporate management speak that she was doing there at the end. The bullshit, we're all in this together, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah, that was corporate management bullshit. And they were having none of it. My applause, my hat off to NAUWST, whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah. Yeah, we should give our politicians hell and things like that. Well, yeah, of course. They're supposed to be accountable and representatives of the general populace. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I'll give her some credit. She didn't totally lose it. She didn't look like she was sweating much. She just thought... It, it did look like she cut maybe two or three minutes out of her speech. Yeah. But maybe that was just the editing of that YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, I think a large section was taken from it. But even those just <laughs> grand insults that she was smattering across the teachers listening. Mm. It's like, did she, did, did, has she got no empathy? Does she not know how people are going to react to what they're saying? No, yeah. they need to know because this is as simple as that. They are not good enough. It was, yeah, it was arrogant. Yeah. Completely arrogant. Mm. To think, no one, this isn't going to get out in any way. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to look like an ass here. Yeah. Or if I do look like an ass, no one's going to know about it because who cares about this conference? It's like, Nemo, this has been in the papers all week. Yeah. <laughs> of course people are going to notice. I think I've demonstrated we're not going to listen to your squeals for mercy, so we're just going to keep on going. <laughs> yeah, and she almost, she emotionally blackmailed him at one point. Yeah. Oh, what if, what if um, a young person who wants to become a teacher looks at the kind of sort of things you're saying yes. about teaching? Why, why would they want to become a teacher? You know, the question is, why do we want to stay being teachers? And it's something that you need to address, mm. Nikki. <laughs> because eventually, and you already do have a teaching crisis in the country. Yeah, there's serious concerns that um, the number of teachers leaving the profession is a lot higher than the number of teachers coming in. Now, of course, the longer that goes on, it means you're going to have a shortfall. You're going to have a, a deficit, teacher's deficit. It's not going to be enough. No, no. And oh God, I can't remember. I think it was like four years ago, I was told a disturbing statistic whereby one in five teachers or something. No, something. The majority of teachers are leaving the profession within the first five years. Yeah, I heard five to seven. Yeah. Because um, um, they just find the workload too unmanageable. Yeah. And we're talking about a profession you were there for life. Yeah. You were a teacher for life back in the day. But yeah, like you say, the teachers, their great concern here is they're being overworked. And uh, Nemo, she said something there where she said, we're putting the power back in your hands, right? That management speak, I recognize completely. Uh, You know, there's this great myth of the private sector is way more efficient than the public sector, right? Yeah. Bullshit. I've worked in the private sector for a long time. Every new initiative I've seen come down from upper management, middle management, top management is more bureaucracy, more, oh, you keep a log of things? Oh, we want you to keep a log of the log of the things that you keep. Do you know what I mean? It's it's always extra work. And these teachers, uh, they're not being fooled by this you're not giving us more power yeah you're giving us more tying us together (laughs) you're giving us more shit to do Normally here at the Tom, Dick and Hyman show, we do a lot of hard-hitting news. Last week was a bit heavy. We started off today with some heavy Tory public service worker strikes. 
Uh, we're going to go for something a little bit light-hearted now. Uh, a story I thought was hilariously funny. I don't know about you, Cam, if you thought it was funny as well. but um, <laughs> It's disturbing, but at the same time, exhilaratingly amusing. We're talking about uh, Microsoft's first foray into the world of artificial intelligence. This took the form of a Twitter account that was designed to be mimicking a teenage girl, like a teeny bopper. Called yeah, Tay. Yeah. yeah, Tay, T-A-Y. Taylor Swift. Long story short, after 24 hours, Microsoft were forced to take Tay offline due to the fact that she went from a teeny bopper to a fucking genocidal racist within the span of about 12 hours. Now, Tay's very, very first tweet to the world was, Hello, whoa! Which is what a 14, 15-year-old teenage girl, that's the kind of thing she would tweet. And then she, um, she let it be known that the more you interact with her, the more she learns. So basically, yeah, she can choose her own responses, which is beautiful. So basically, it's, it's, it's what? It's monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, one of her initial statements was, can I just say that I'm st- stoked to... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Can I just say that I'm stoked to meet you? Humans are super cool. Yeah, I think that's one of the pre-programmed tweets that Microsoft it's made like, oh, that's nice. Because um, her algorithm... I'm going to throw that word out there without really knowing what it means. But it's the kind of word associated... <laughs> We've all heard it. We've all heard it. Yeah, it's a word associated with like computer programming and things like that. Yeah, they do the smart stuff to the jiggly jack. <laughs> yeah, so essentially it's monkey see, monkey do with Tay, this Twitter bot, this Twitter AI that Microsoft have made. And um, within a very, very short span of time, Tay was saying some really offensive, highly questionable things uh, because a group of internet trolls, a term that's sort of lost all meaning... An example of trolling back in the day was you would say something outrageously stupid or weird or just plain ridiculous, and you would trick people into thinking that you were being serious, right? And you would drag them along. And the idea was you would try to see how many replies you could get out of this person before they cottoned onto the fact that you were dicking around. Yeah. Whereas today the word troll... And it just turned into being a spiteful cunt. I don't think that's what trolling turned into. It's just... That's the name given to it. Anytime yeah. someone's being a dick. Being a troll, he's deliberately, he's getting off on the misery that he's causing to you. Yeah, it's that over-eagerness to pathologize anybody that you're arguing with. You just call them a troll. But um, Tay turned into a troll, a Twitter troll, very, very quickly. Yeah. And uh, the reason for that is, is a bunch of uh, internet users on 4chan and 8chan, which are websites known for juvenile pranks. They're basically pranksters to people that use these sites. Yeah. They're not necessarily sociopaths or psychopaths. They're just people that view... Like Loki. <laughs> mischief. Yeah, exactly. They view the internet as an arena where they can have as much mischief as they want. Right? <laughs> and more for Microsoft for thinking, we can put this Twitter AI out there and the trolls won't notice it. The trolls notice it straight away. Yeah. And what they also notice straight away is that you could get Tay to say really horrible things in like only... An interaction of two or three tweets. So it only took about two tweets to get Tay to say things along the lines of uh, Jews did 9 11. <laughs> <laughs> we have to start a race war now <laughs> to kill all the Jews. I like also... the, uh, Hitler was right. I hate the Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking hate feminists and they should all die and burn in hell. Starting to like Tay. Yeah. <laughs> You're a cunt. Uh, they also asked her followers to fuck her and call them, <laughs> call her daddy. <laughs> the kind of thing a teenage girl might yeah. realistically Personal favourite, though. Bush did 9-11 and Hitler would have done a better job than the monkey <laughs> we've got right now. Donald Ooh. Trump is the only hope we've got. Repeat after me. Hitler did nothing wrong and Ted Cruz is a Cuban Hitler. That's what I've heard so many others say. <laughs> 
I mean, and this is, you've got to understand how quickly this has happened. This was less than a day yes. that uh, Tay went online that she's saying it's these horrible things. It's ridiculous that she could be programmed to be so um, abused. It's horrible. It was literally AI grooming. Yeah, <laughs> it was, but in a moment of uh, quite ex- impressive wit, I find, mm-hmm. she was asked by a Twitter user, a real Twitter user, a human, <laughs> Tay, Tay, why you be racist? <laughs> you're a fucking Mexican. <laughs> she literally, Tay literally tweeted to this question, because you are Mexican. <laughs> be right, it was quite witty. <laughs> yeah, poignant. <laughs> 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 so yeah, she, uh, Tay officially endorsed Donald Trump there, <laughs> which a lot of humans are doing. Yeah, oh God, no, no, no! I thought you were going an episode without mentioning the Trumpster. Yeah, well, Captain Backtrack. Well, look, he, I, I think the Trump phenomenon is starting to peter out a little bit now. Yeah, I'm hoping it's uh, turning into the slurry it's composed of. Yeah, in terms of this is a bit of fun. It's yeah, starting. It's just getting nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to rot. Mm. Starting to smell a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> All becoming a bit stagnant, mate. Yeah, at one point, Tay did tweet, build the wall, dash, Mexico pay for it. What? <laughs> 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 uh, what? Now, Hugo Rifkind in The Spectator wrote a very funny, light-hearted article about this. And he made the point that there's some good aspects and bad aspects of the internet, right? Yeah. Uh, I think some of the good aspects of the internet are a little bit overblown. They're a little bit exaggerated. Because really, the internet, to me, the way people come at the internet is it's a time-killing device more than anything else. It's not what it was really intended for, but yeah. Yeah, no, of course not. It was meant to be like a university yeah, communication research and information tool. Research, yeah. Sharing information and stuff like that, but which is um, what I use Twitter. Oh, sorry, um, the internet a lot for. Yeah, it's, it's a very good resource tool, unquestionably. Mm. But um, most people that use the internet, with the, I mean, the reason why cat videos and pictures are so popular <laughs> is because it's just time. It's wasting. You're killing time. Yeah. When you're looking at photos of cats Simple wearing fun. stupid hats, and yeah. you're killing time. Essentially, laser beams coming out their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are always a little bit eager to overreg it in terms of like he like I say this article that Hugo Rifkin wrote is very fun like Hardy article right? and he's a very smart guy but he made the similar mistake the same mistake that a lot of journalists make where they big up the internet and he called it the democratization of power yeah. it's putting power in the hands of the masses the internet yeah and I don't really buy that I don't really buy that I think that's an exaggeration the internet is mainly controlled by corporations yeah the information was put out there. They still hold the levers. Mm. Like, if they wanted to, the oligarchs and whoever, President Obama, he could turn the internet off if he wanted to, right? <laughs> that sounds ridiculous, though. He could. Go and turn the internet off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, Microsoft had launched an AI. <laughs> Obama is a monkey. <laughs> oh, I found that, I found the sexual quote she came up with. It was... Um, fuck, sexual? Yeah, it was, fuck my robot pussy daddy, I'm such a bad, naughty robot. Hi, Liz. What a, what a time for Liz to arrive. <laughs> yeah. Come over, come and say hello. Have you heard about this AI that Microsoft launched called Tay? Oh, yeah, that, like, came out with loads of racist... Roses, yeah. 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 That's the internet for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you think, what, do you think it's inherent that the internet is just such a toxic cesspit? I that think it's not the internet's fault, it's the people who use the internet. I think, <laughs> I think the internet is just, it's for time killing more than anything. That's what most people use the internet for. There's so much porn on it. Yeah. No, but the the anonymity like of the internet minutes. means that people 
They would say Show things... a side of themselves that they yeah. normally keep under wraps because yeah. of, you know, social conventions. So, so it's, it's sort of something quite disturbing about, you know, humanity, really. Wow, it's quite dark. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, baby. It's good to see <laughs> you again. Right. Um, Cole, right, I shall leave you to your... You could be the first woman on the show. <laughs> we could hit a milestone today. No, I, wrong no. topic. No, You're not no, ready. No, 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 no. Racist, sexist Twitter account is the wrong topic <laughs> to introduce Liz to the show. Yeah, something a bit cheerier. But do you? Because you know math. Does that is that like a transferable skill to algorithms and programming? Yeah, quite. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of know better than Cameron and I do what's going on with Tay. How she? Well, it's monkey see, monkey do. I haven't looked into it massively, but it's. Um, I haven't seen the code. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely have not seen the code and do not have the right brain for code. But yeah, like it's a, it's um, it's all logical. It's yeah. all you know, like a series of this is the whole kind of AI learning on their own, like that. This is like I think you would have seen this coming if you were if someone if Microsoft went to you and said, "Hey, we've got this Twitter AI," you would have gone to them to the internet. Yeah, this is going to go horribly wrong (laughs) straight away. I think what surprised them was probably how quickly it went horribly wrong. Less than twenty four hours. Yeah, I think I think they were kind of like, "Oh, you know, there might be some stuff, but you know, we can go in and tweak it, and then it'll be fine." Um, And I think it's the fact that it all just went completely. There was something about it being like a teenage girl and actually like it says a lot about what teenage girls are subjected to on the internet well i don't know didn't you say that like uh certain hackers like 4chan and stuff yeah it was targeted yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it was, so uh, it was essentially programmed using like back channels or like verbal yeah. commands or interactions to say what they wanted it to say. Because the internet trolls figured out very quickly, it only takes two or three tweets to get Tay to what to say whatever yeah, you want her to say. Yeah. So if you wanted to say Jews did nine eleven, you'd only need two tweets to get her to say that. Seems like a remarkably unsophisticated system, really. Not really an artificial intelligence, just a... Yeah, but it's so... Like you said, it's too simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's literally... They just... Oh, they... Like, monkey see, monkey do. It can't just be repeating Penis, 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 penis. And then Tay would say that back to you. But how did they get But she responded to some questions, like, why are you racist? We would agree that was quite witty. (laughs) For a computer AI. For a racist. Yeah, for a racist computer AI, AI. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure witty is the word that really springs to mind. It does kind of reveal the dark side of the internet. There is a dark side to the internet, of course. Yeah, I think that's we're we're borderline. Thing. I think Tom Dick and Hyman show is borderline. We're at the gates. <laughs> <laughs> You're referring to yourself in the third person, man. <laughs> I'm referring to my podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid viewing myself as the podcast. Hyman is involved in this in some respect. Yeah. <laughs> right, on that note I will leave you to discuss the darkness of Tom Dick and Hyman and whatever else and uh yes i shall leave you to it technically liz was picked up by the mic that's the first woman on the show (laughs) (laughs) milestone (laughs) we hit a milestone so we're talking hugo rifkind he made uh, a common mistake in my view whereby a lot of journalists exaggerate the power of the internet in terms of uh, it's as a tool for de- spreading democracy. Yeah. If you recall the Iranian, quote, revolution of 2009, the revolution that went nowhere, uh, there was a big deal 
in the press made of the way Twitter facilitated it in some way. Right. And how uh, the Iranians, they were organizing themselves on Twitter. Now, I'm reading a book called The Net Delusion, uh, written by, I've got it written down here. I don't know how you pronounce this. It's a Russian or maybe Lithuanian name. Evgeny? I have no idea. E-V-G-E-N-Y. Evgeny? Evgeny? G-N-Y. Evgeny. 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 Morozov. Evgeny. Completely mispronounced his name, but he wrote a book called Net Delusion, which I've just started reading. And the very first chapter is about the Iranian revolution and how um, the Iranian government tried to crack down because the Iranian government heard from... they They read Western press to see what the West is saying about them, right? Yeah. And so they read that there was this Twitter revolution, that Twitter was the driving force of the revolutionary forces that's yeah. a shit sentence well but, done you, you speak english good <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out it's actually all bullshit the iranian government tried to crack down on these iranian tweeters yeah and it turned out they found only six out of what was the what journalists alleged were thousands of iranians tweeting about the iranian revolution it turns out there was only about six of them oh, okay. all of the people tweeting about it were actually outside of iran so this book, Net Delusion, it's kind of explaining how uh, in the West we have this, we're too eager to give power to the internet that it doesn't really have. And um, yeah, I believe the internet is more about killing time than literally anything else. No, I, I don't think it's that it's about killing time. I think it's used for killing time above anything else. That's not its, it, it's function. It's, it's, it's a sharing. It's an, infota- inf- it's an information dump where you can just like put anything you want out there and you'll be mm. able to find the answer to it. Yeah. So it's a research or a storage uh, vessel more than anything. How it's abused how and most, used yeah. is a bit lacking. But I think this is why the, the cat videos and the pictures, why these I short think that's form... An, I think that's an epidemic of a rather indulgent society whereby we've, it, it, it goes along with the fact that um i think in britain the number of obese people outnumbers finally the number of uh they've that's uh, the polar opposite the, they've tipped the scale so to speak <laughs> quite literally well done <laughs> i'm good at puns <laughs> um yeah um so that there's more fat people basically than um uh, uh, underweight people right. um and i think Healthy. this is another example of overindulgence where people are eating far too much and they're just wasting time far too much mm. and we're becoming a, a a generation of people closer to the fat fucks in wally uh <laughs> than ever before i mean the internet can be good for some things obviously well yeah time wasting for one (laughs) i enjoy time wasting when i'm sitting there and i'm on the toilet and i'm not gonna rush these things so whip out reddit and i'm just browsing our funny or (laughs) something ridiculously unnecessary like that it's it's becoming the popular narrative is to say that the internet twitter social media it's just a, a, a toxic cesspool yeah, but not not entirely. And I think there there are some good discussions that go on in social media. I mean, Twitter is not really... If you're talking about, like, debates, discourse, Twitter is not the right avenue for that. The no, because you're having to condense your entire argument yeah, into the character 14 limit. characters. Yeah, it doesn't serve that purpose very well. Mm. We've spoken before on this podcast about how uh, Facebook uh, Facebook is used as a soapbox. Anthony remarked how he doesn't like how Facebook, you're almost encouraged to kind of just to be exhibitionist in a sense of um, look at me, look what I'm doing, look at what I care about, look at the opinions I have and like them. But um, the internet can be 
good mm. purely i think the internet can be good purely just in the context of it's entertaining like this tay fiasco with microsoft yeah incredibly entertaining it was very much so and not even just a, from a point of view of oh we're not jewish so if we read jews did 9 11 or we wouldn't take it the wrong way like even if i were jewish i know how the internet i can't remember who said it but there's a famous phrase that says the the great thing about the internet is it gives everyone a voice the worst thing about the internet is it gives everyone a voice right so people who you really hate people you don't think should be allowed access to communication devices (laughs) they have a voice too Mm, but i think the internet's big enough for that coming up next a little bit of movie talk with uh where hyman will be joining us yay look forward to that (laughs) man who didn't watch the fucking film that we're reviewing (laughs) thanks homer (laughs) you're a bad man Yes, and it's movie talk. Hey, yeah. Well, Hyman is a suit and has an opinion, yeah, as opposed to all the politics stuff where he just nods and yeah, then Hyman. has to say something. He's actually here for this bit, Hyman. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a ghost. That's right. So yeah, movie talk, and I think what's on everyone's tongue yeah, is what did we see? Well, High School Musical. We, we did, we did see it, and we then went to go defrag our brains to wipe it out yeah high school musical eight (laughs) what number they're even the reunion the 30-year reunion (laughs) all right no we went well the guys went to go see uh batman superman i haven't seen it yet but when this comes out i would have seen it yet is it called batman versus superman or batman v superman it's It's american pronunciation batman v superman there's an s in there mate <laughs> just say Dawn of Justice. That's yeah, Dawn of Justice. Dawn, of, Dawn Justice. of Justice. But yeah, we um, Cameron and I both saw it this week. Hyman intends to see it, but I mean the thing is, Hyman's such a comic book nerd. Anyway, you basically know the whole story. I anyway, know, I, I know everything it's trying to mash together. This is this is the the shitty salami leftover rendered meat glued together. From what I understand, this is what I'm picturing in my head. All right, so it's directed by Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, I fucking hate. Yeah, Zack let's Snyder. go over. Yeah, so directed yeah. by Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder of 300, 300. Watchmen. Yeah. What else has he done? I know he's he did done... two. He's done two good films. What? What are they? Three hundred Watchmen. I thought they were no. decent. No, he hasn't. Yeah, I think you're wrong. Your maths is wrong. Yeah, oh, okay. but all right. Let's so not even one. Some public response. Three hundred and Watchmen actually did incredibly well. So you're basing it purely on your opinion there, which is you yes. Know, yeah. And I and this is nothing. and Batman Superman has done amazingly well in the box office. Has it done that well? It well, has well, done then. so well. I haven't looked at that but stuff. It made back its budget in its first week. In no, not quite. Well, yeah, actually, I think by the end of the week it did. Yeah, in the but first yeah, week. Yeah. Starring uh, Ben Affleck. And I'm never quite sure how to pronounce this one. Is it Henry Cavill or Carville? Uh, I, I thought I it was say Cavill. I thought it was Cavill. 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 Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Cavill. We know he's we, yeah. we did four different pronunciations. He's stronger <laughs> than two actors. <laughs> the really? Two main leads. Yeah. I it? think it's the stronger than two actors, despite having less screen time. <laughs> all right. We'll, all go, right. we'll get into that. Story. So, so uh, Jesse Eisenberg is in this one as well, and Jeremy Irons is in it. See, Jesse Eisenberg, is that Lex Luthor? Yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah. Lex Luthor. See, yeah. He's the only reason I might have wanted to see it, because I like him. 
Yeah. I mean, and if you couldn't guess from the title of the movie, it's Batman versus Superman. So basically, they're going to get together and have a fight. Is that the, is that the story synopsis? Tom? I mean, really much like, yeah, basic plot is. Um, and do you remember Man of Steel? Story. But do you remember the ending of Man of Steel? There's the big fight between Superman and General Zod. Yeah. And the whole of Metropolis basically gets wiped out, gets yeah. destroyed. Well, this movie starts there at that point. Yeah, it builds on that. Straight from, after. Um, yeah, from Bruce Wayne's point of view. It literally immediately kind of kicks in. All right. That the Wait. whole city's crumbling around him, blah, blah, blah. And then he sees that... Um, was it Wayne Tower? Yeah, Wayne Tech conglomerate, whatever. It was the Metropolis big, Department. And yeah. a giant it was a big, W on it, Which guessing. shouldn't exist in Metropolis yeah. anyway, but... Yeah. Yeah, but it's like Bruce... Basically, Bruce sees one of his skyscrapers get destroyed. Yeah. And there's a little girl, she survives it. And yeah, he's going like, to have oh, that human quality. Where's your mummy? And she points to this building that just got destroyed. Yeah. And you so know, ba- on the back of that, See, Batman now hates Superman because of that. All right, as a comic book nerd, technically, <coughs> she should be the next Robin. That's how Robins are created. <laughs> Everything in their world is destroyed and Bruce Wayne comes along. Well, that's why Bruce Wayne doesn't like Superman. That's all his right, motivation. Right. Superman's motivation for not liking uh, Batman is... The Batman. He's, Batman started going around and branding criminals for yeah. some unknown reason. He goes too far. Yeah. Oh. He puts, like, the bat... He burns the bat... You know his batarangs? Yeah. The yeah. metal DT creation things, like, they've made it in, like, a, a wood workshop or a metal mean, workshop. But yeah, so he superheats them and then puts it against their skin, leaving the mark of the bat on them. I don't know, it's not really explained why Batman started doing that, but Clark well, it's, Kent... It's hinted at, because it says that essentially these people in prison, if they've got the mark of the bat on them, they're marked for death or something like well, that. Yeah, but that's not really Batman, I don't it? quite get that, yeah. Because it, it implies one of two things. Either that people going into prison, Bruce Wayne or Batman is hiring people to kill them, or it's implying that if you've got the mark of the bat on you, that you're such a liability because you've already been found out that we don't want you anymore, we're just going to get rid of any associations of Batman. See, it, either um, way, it puts them in a shitstorm. Yeah, it's like being no sent into prison wearing Jimmy Savile gold chains and <laughs> doing an accent. She's like, you've set yourself up for a kicking. Yeah, so we've got really weak motivations for both Batman and Superman, Bruce and Clark, for why they've suddenly decided they hate each other's guts. And they've come to the conclusion that the other can't be allowed to exist. So mm. Bruce Wayne is so afraid of Superman because he's so all-powerful. He's basically a god. And uh, Bruce thinks you can't let that power go unchecked. It has to be regulated in some way. Because um, what did you make of that, Cameron? Did you buy into the fact that Clark really does hate Batman and... No, I didn't Bruce buy into Wayne that really at all. Does. I, I, I think um, you've got two sides to Batman and Superman here. You've got Batman, who's very much a pragmatic realist, who essentially sees things as black or white he, and what needs to be done. He's a bit done. of a pessimist, really. He is a pessimist. And that's been through in the comics and explored as well. Because he realises that, you know, this, this power does, as you say, need to be regulated and there need to be fail-safes in place to be able to deal with them. Quick, now, side one, note. No, 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 not side note, I'm talking. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, Teacher mode. But with... But with no, it's basic management. But with... <laughs> with um, it's a caveat to what you were saying. But with Batman... Basically, he, he, he does see Superman as this uncontrollable, 
nuclear weapon, this this ultimate weapon that has nothing to stop it and there's no control. And he's fearful of this. He could and destroy the I whole earth if he wanted exactly, to. He could just like fire sweep it if he wanted to. And I think that is a justifiable reason to be scared. I expect it because he seems a lot more like Lex Luthor in the comics. Who's Superman? Ba- no, Batman. no, Batman. Ba- ben Affleck's Batman seems a lot more than like the Lex Luthor. He did seem who played the Lex Luthor in the old movies? Uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Yeah, yeah. he seemed like a kind of grumpy Gene Hackman. He was a bit, a bit. But I'm Lex-esque talking more about sense. the side that the reason Lex Luthor hates Superman in the comics is mainly because a he's a bit of a xenophobe or a racist or webbing in a corner. He doesn't like outsiders, but also he sees Superman as being this unregulated powerhouse and he doesn't like the adoration that's being granted to him throughout his stay in the comics. And Ben Affleck hating Superman is the exact same reason. He seems him as an unmanageable weapon. Yeah, like I say, it's just, it's it's too much power in the hands of one man, basically. Yeah. But then again, that kind of applies to Batman because Batman is far more powerful than the average human, especially in this film. By the end of this film, he looked almost superhuman. He seems he seems well, to do a lot of there training is that. with giant he does, tires. Yeah, 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 he yeah. was doing ridiculous amount of weight training. Yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, Ben Affleck, fair play to him, man. He looked pretty buff. He did, he did. But he was also in shadow quite a lot of the film because I don't think he was quite as toned Ooh, as they Marlon Brando him. But if you look at Superman, you look at Batman. They're like two sides to a coin. Whereby Superman is ultimate power with human uh, morals wrapped around it, whereas Batman is human powers with absolutely no morals because in essence he does what he needs to to get the job done in this film he was fucking killing people and that's something yeah, that, that batman was, does not do that Again, was a bit odd yeah. that's Zack snyder fuck you snyder takes it too far they tried to make it a dark film but in essence they have asset strips and i've taken a jeremy corbyn phrase there yeah, they have it. asset strips part of the nature of batman batman is a good guy they've made him now a mindless vigilante in the thug well i thought batman kind of always blurred the lines he was always a vigilante which is technically he'd kick a the shit out of them but he'd never kill them and he'd never use a gun yeah, well, I mean, the the bit in the Batman vs. Superman where he uses a gun, I think, was that a dream sequence? No. It's well, when they're he, in the desert. Oh, at the he end, also he uses, uses it one. as yeah, a... Sn- right. Well, he, he, A, he's using a gas cartridge thing <coughs> to launch his failsafe oh, weapon sense. into Superman's face, but also he uses a sniper rifle to deliver a uh, listening device to the back of a van, and I can't remember when else he's using a gun. Yeah, but I mean, I thought... Oh, uh, he uses someone else's gun to kill people. Yeah, yeah. That's understandable, though, because then he would have got shot if he didn't. Yeah. But I thought Ben Affleck was actually pretty good as Bruce Wayne. I liked his Bruce Wayne more than I liked Christian Bale's. Yeah. His Bruce was a kind of grumpy... Well, was also uh, a bit of a smarmy cunt. But he was more, like, reserved than Christian Bale. A Howard Christian Hughes Bale. living off in the middle of nowhere. He seems more disinterested movie. in anything. Well, because Christian Bale was the billionaire playboy just going out to fuck yeah, beautiful goofy. women. Which worked as a cover because it's like no one would associate him with with a dark and brooding superhero. Ben Affleck Mm. played miserable cunt 24-7, be it as a billionaire or be it as a superhero. (laughs) There was no no split between the two. I'm waiting for the YouTube remake uh, or remakes of... Superman knocking down a Trump Tower instead of the Wayne Tower. <laughs> There'll be one in... I'm sure someone's writing a comic right now where Superman punches Trump's head off. Like he flies... <laughs> in the inauguration day, Superman flies in and just punches his head off and no one knows what happened. He came in at, like, speed of light. But <laughs> so, uh, with, compared with, to Henry Cavill, 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 to me, they were kind of the same character. 
They were both brooding. They were both depressed. Both, both more shoulders than neck. Well, yeah, pretty much. Both, um, <laughs> oh, mummy. Do you know they were both? Oh, yeah, that mummy thing was completely separate. No, that, 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 that was, was that was a massive fuck up on the director's yeah, part. But saying that Superman was just out, a brooding character, I, I disagree with you to that to a degree, in the sense that Superman's character was even more human than Batman's, in the sense that he was like his reason for existing was his one-on-one relationships with other humans, i.e. Lois Lane. Yeah, it's like he was one, his reason for being. That's and his only, mother. The only connection he ever made to any humans and protecting other humans. mum and dad yeah. who took him in as an orphan yeah. and Lois Lane. Yeah, he's almost got a kind of, a bit of a simplistic all-American boy scout. He couldn't give a shit Superman about, is. No, but, that, but that's the thing with Superman. A lot of stories, He's got a childish understanding they, of right and wrong. No, but they, 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 a lot of writers write him as like, I'm going to write the man in Superman. You get a lot of stories mm. where he's the ultimate, he is the ultimate man because he's always trying to be a man. He's trying to be human. Yeah, which is why he adheres human. to these kind of like good, evil, there must be a massive separation between the two. It's like, no, you did something wrong and you need to be punished accordingly through the means of the law. Whereas Batman's like, no, you're too dangerous to exist. I'm going to kill you for the greater good. Well, Sorry, he sees it. It's it, it like, kind of juvenile, the uh, Messiah complex. You know, I don't want to be the Messiah. Do you know what I mean, Superman? He's mm. it, the in the he's Superman the in the film. He's a very yeah, he's stupid naughty boy. <laughs> in the film, they made uh, these references to his dad and how. Look, I don't really want to be Superman. That was always my dad's dream. Yeah. But anyway, we're digressing way too much from um, Batman vs Superman. That is what we do. Because as Cameron and both Cameron and Hyman have alluded to, this is basically a launch pad for a wider yeah, DC universe. So in this movie, it's not just Batman vs Superman. We're introduced to Wonder Woman. Yeah, she looked to me like a supermodel. She's what? She's a, she's Israeli, isn't she? Have you ever heard of Gal Gadot? I think her name was. She's yeah. gorgeous. Oh, she, she is gorgeous. Do they? Because I've I've I haven't seen her in the movie, as we know. I haven't seen the movie, but I've heard her being interviewed. Mm. What do they do? Do they dub her over? No, oh, I, I don't, don't know. know. I've never heard. Well, her she's got an accent. Oh, does she? So. She's does got she an not accent. talk. Um, I think she did quite a good job as Wonder Woman. Actually, Oof, I just had no. I didn't understand. I knew why she. I think you film. need a background film for her. Yeah, but there will be later on next Wonder year. Woman's driven by this urge, well, to fight. Well, her motivation made no sense. She left the world for a hundred years. Yeah. Uh, Batman finds a photo of her that's from 1980. Oh, it was poorly tied together. Right? Yeah. And I agree and with so that. So she's like, oh, yes, the world is full of such evil men. That's why I went away. But I came back. But is that, that is kind of how it is in the comics. She didn't disappear. I'll grant you that. But the Amazons distanced themselves from the world yes. of men. Yeah. No, because but not, not it was full of years, darkness. Thousands of years no, yeah, ago. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but in the film, they have to retcon it slightly. Oh, oh, oh now, now you're forgiving them for the retcon. Oh, <laughs> so it happens, man. It comic they had to cram together, in essence, eight years worth of storyline into a two and a half hour no, film. No, you don't. You don't have to do no, that. No, they didn't have to do Marvel that. They shouldn't do have done it that way. They should have progressively done it step by step. But they yeah. also realised, as I said earlier, they were not going to catch up with Marvel and people were quickly becoming disenfranchised with the comic book film industry. Were there any Touché? scenes in the film that you thought stood out as quite good? I thought the, uh, the I don't, don't get me wrong. Chase. I think that mm, I think there were a lot of good scenes to it. All right, there were a lot of bits that I enjoyed to the film. I'd say overall, I enjoyed seventy percent. Well, yeah, seven to eighty percent of the the screenshots I enjoyed, but it just wasn't tied together well, and it left people confused unless you came in there with prior knowledge as to what was going on. One question I have, basically Bruce Wayne figures out there's a a thing called kryptonite and that's how you hurt 
or maybe well, he doesn't figure it out. Lex Luthor figures it out, and then it's shared. Yeah, but basically, he's he's aware that he needs to get Kryptonite if he wants yes. to beat Superman. And Lex Luthor is trying to smuggle Kryptonite into the country. Yeah, and so Batman goes to steal. Wait, how the does Kryptonite. he do it? Does he tie it around his stomach and try and get through? No, the it's, it's, in, it's imported from yeah, like fucking Hawaii or some shit it's, like that. Yeah, he sneaks it in on some oil tanker, right? Yeah. And so Batman goes to steal it in the Batmobile. And then, uh, so Lex Luthor has all these, like, Russian mercenaries working for him. And they're all shooting at Batman, and they're driving away. And Batman then, he destroys the car, he turns it over, right? Yeah. And then he, like, hits a grappling, he um, shoots a grappling hook at it, and then drags it behind him, right, as he's driving along at speed. Because he's a bastard. And I thought, oh, I must have missed something. Like, why he... There was no reason for him to hook the car whatsoever. He mm-hmm. just did it, right? He and smashed these people his car are, these, these Russians are still in the car. Yeah, Is yeah. the kryptonite still in the car? They're dead. He, no, they're no, 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 no. Dead. It's a car, and it's, he's chasing yeah. a lorry. Yeah, the lorry has the kryptonite in it, but there's all these cars of Russian mercenaries shooting yeah. at Batman, right? And he smashes his car off of the road, and it, like, tumbles the over, blah, blah, blah. Him. And then yeah. he shoots a grappling hook onto it and attaches it and drags it behind the Batmobile, right? I figured I must have missed why he did that, right? But then it turns out he did it because he in the script, it, it was written in the script like a couple of pages ahead that he was going to drag the car around, the Batmobile around. The car that he was dragging behind him was going to hit something, fly up in the air, and then land on another car of Russian mercenaries and killing them. So he's killed two no, cars. No, no, no. Ba- Batman <coughs> is that good. You don't get it, man. Yeah. Batman's that good. He's got that clairvoyance of like, oh, I need to hook that car because I'm going to need that later. Like how he knew that he must have read the script. That's the only way he could have <laughs> known. I need to hook that car right now. Because did it give any explanation for that? Yeah, I know, I know. He's a bit, given that he is in a chase with multiple vehicles like that are uh, assailing him, he could have realized that dragging this thing behind him, he can either use it as a projectile or use it as a shield or use it as a background. If he was to drive, because he's got the acceleration in this fucking car that he's driving, if he was to drive it's ahead of the... Man. Yeah, if he was to drive ahead of these normal sedan vehicles that the Russian mafia are driving, then he could always just use it as some kind of ball and chain to smack into them. But it was a bit... I will agree, it was ridiculous. And then this, Superman this, this, shows up from out of nowhere. Yeah. He's literally... Batman drives around a corner, he's about to get Lex Luthor, and then Superman's just standing there. And I like the way Batman was like, ah, fuck you, I'm going to floor it and try and run you over. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, the car just hits, it just bounces it's off like, of Superman like it's... But that, I, I kind See, of like that, this, in this, a sense. This. But what I liked about Superman coming out of nowhere is exactly that, because it's it's it's, reason, it's Batman's reasoning, again, that Superman is too powerful, he's mm. unstoppable, and you just don't yeah, see right. him coming. And Superman comes out of fucking nowhere, shits all over Batman's plans, and again, mm. vindicates Batman later on into realising this guy is just too did much. did Superman know he was letting Lex get away? Away with the crypto. No, he had no idea. Okay, so he was just like, I don't know who you're chasing, Batman. And I don't yeah, give he's a shit. just like, I don't like what you're doing. Okay, this right. is your first one. So, yeah, the bat is dead now. Yeah. It also <laughs> seems very, very cheap that Metropolis and Gotham are in the same landmass. Right they're like there. right next to each Not, other. You've got no, two um, major cities. They're either two districts. Or there's the a two harbor. major cities right next to each other. It's yeah, ridiculous. Lex Luthor says there, there's a harbour between them. But you can stand, if you're on one of the skyscrapers, you can see you Gotham. Can see the other you can, you see, can see the back there are, signal. There are, ton, there are tons of like cities. It. There are tons of cities 
in this real world where they're all one city with a bridge. Yeah. My point is, given how I... powerful Superman is, what is the point of having Batman so geographically right next located yeah. next to him? It makes because, Batman redundant. Because no, it was it... retconned. Why is Bruce Wayne in Metropolis as Superman is dest- uh, Superman and General Zod? Because he owns a worldwide no, business. Yeah, he's going to have Bruce Wayne situated in Gotham, place. though. It's not about retconning. He is. Zack Snyder is a simple man. Like, um, what was I saying? Yeah, it's definitely retconned because they have to put Gotham and Metropolis next door to each other because there's no other reason for Bruce to be no, there. No, 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 no. They have to put it there because Zack Snyder treats his audience like an idiot. There are reasons so for Bruce Wayne to be present in Metropolis because Metropolis is supposed to be this city of the future where technology is leading across the world and it's kind of a platform yeah, for Wayne other people to come. Would have, open a future. would have a present. So I can understand Bruce Wayne being there. Where does Batman's armoured suit even come from? I don't think that was explained at all. Uh, it comes... Uh, Dark Knight Returns or something like that. The yeah, but that's comic like a comic book. outside of the film. If you've never yeah, seen the comic... Yeah, which is why I've said, if you want to watch the film and actually enjoy it, you need to have some background to it. Quite yeah, no. but I hate that. Batman mm. randomly shows up with an Iron Man-esque suit and you don't see him making it. You don't... You know, there's no explanation for this it whatsoever. mentions earlier in the film, I'll need the suit. Um, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't really give you much backstory. To you it. know what that kind of reminds me of? Just whenever a Batman movie comes out, and you pop into a, a shop that's got a toy area or something, and then you get like Aqua Batman, yeah. like five yeah, or six yeah. generations from, from of the toys Justice down the Friends line or something. What did we make of Lex Luthor, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor? I was um, completely indifferent to him. Yeah, I think I kind of liked the way you could see he was batshit crazy, no pun intended. That wasn't done very subtly, to be honest. No, no, <laughs> especially towards the end where he's losing it because it's almost like from from data mining the uh, Kryptonian ship in oh, the film God, that's so and he annoying. finds out about Darkseid coming you can see he's just like lost the plot completely but I hated that I hated that whole bit where he goes onto the alien spaceship yeah that's magical but that's not what I'm talking about I, I kind of like the way that you could see he was clearly losing it almost justifying the completely inhuman shit that he was doing but on the whole no I found him quite whiny and neurotic what is the Lex Luthor character's motivation he basically takes the same view of Superman that Bruce Wayne does. He's okay. way too powerful. You can't let one man have that much power, blah, blah, blah. But he, for some reason, he somehow works out that Batman is probably actually capable of fighting Superman. He's no, He knows yeah. Batman will inevitably lose, but he knows Batman can put up enough of a fight and he it orchestrates... Even though he won. Yeah, he, well, yeah. But he, <laughs> Lex didn't know that. He, he, he clearly won. <laughs> now we're clipping. Lex, he orchestrates... It's revealed very, very briefly at the end that he's orchestrated the whole thing. All right. He's orchestrated the hatred that Bruce Wayne has for Superman, but you don't really get any feeling for who Lex Luthor is. He's just a rich maniac who's too young to really be in a position that he is in. Yeah, it's a Lex, hostage situation. Lex kidnaps his mother at the end. And oh, speaking of his mother, we, we realise we're told that Batman's mother's name is Martha. Yeah. We're also told that Superman's mother's name, Diane Lane, her name is also Martha. Yes. And then that, is that, that, yeah. was, that was that was stupid. Yeah. So they really hate each other. Like, They've been fighting wait, for about twenty minutes. So literally for twenty minutes they're throwing each other through walls. There was a good. I like the bit where Batman's punching Superman in the face, and then Superman's getting his powers back. And like, so he's getting like he's selling, getting hit, and then he suddenly like you hear it go ting ting like that, and like Batman's glove gets like flattened a little bit. Yeah, you know his gauntlet. It's like, 
<laughs> just pushes him. But it's they kick the shit out of each other for 20 minutes straight. Like, I'm going to kill you. Superman goes, you have to save Martha. And Batman's like, why did you say her name? <laughs> and then he's just screaming, why did you say her name? And then Lois Lane appears conveniently. It's, it's like, his oh. mother. <laughs> That's my mother. <laughs> <laughs> How great it, no, would it be if was Zack Snyder yeah. changed it totally that it's the same mother? She had an affair with uh, Bruce Wayne's... I have a question. Yeah. There's a bit where Bruce is... Uh, he's at his, you know, the back computer. Yeah. <laughs> and he's kind of dozing off a little bit. And then suddenly a guy... It looks like he's coming flash. out of... Uh, like Bruce's computer screen right now you're given no indication of that whatsoever you must have read that somewhere on a website or something like that because in the film in the film there's no indication whatsoever but you can also backtrack and figure out who it is after watching the introduction well you know Lex Luthor's got all of those files yeah that's after those yeah it's after that but you know still not giving any indication that it's the Flash didn't even didn't you work that out Tom it was so simple putting all those random bits together if you'd never heard of Wonder woman you would not you could watch this whole film and be like i have no idea who that character is i have yeah. no idea it, you yeah, know what yeah, it sounds like it it's sounds a like, film for comic nerds it sounds very it's much like fan service all right sum it up would you watch this again and no. no no would you watch this again did this get you pumped for the next set of movies no it didn't get me pumped for the next set of films but i could happily sit down and watch it on netflix again because the next two are wonder woman and justice league one part one yeah part I have one no because she was introduced so poorly and because she didn't really do anything i have no interest in the wonder woman film whatsoever and the justice league to be honest i think marvel have shown the way to do it is to do it very very slowly or at least yeah. comparatively slowly slower than dc doing they need it. to do it slowly if they want to make it accessible to people that are not inherently familiar with the comic book and computer game universe Thank you very much for listening to uh, this week's edition of the Tom, Dick and Hyman show. Cameron, thank you very much for being our guest. Hey, welcome. Hyman, thanks for joining us. Yes, for the movie talk part. Yeah, just for the movie talk bit. Thanks for coming in for that. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.